This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morris, and this week we catch up with some hot hitters for the softball and baseball teams, with home openers right around the corner. Plus, the tennis teams entered the national rankings, and the outdoor track and field season is almost here. We'll meet a Bates alum, now serving as an assistant coach. That's this week on the Bates Bobcast. The softball team opened its 2023 campaign in Florida last week, going 6-4 over the course of 10 games. Bates is scheduled to open its NASCAC season this Saturday and Sunday with doubleheaders against Middlebury and Williams, respectively. Senior center fielder and leadoff hitter Cassidy Musco had a big week to start the year, hitting 5-14 with 4 doubles and 12 runs scored in Florida. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. Well, Cassidy, a great start for you and the team down there in Florida. Just kind of take us through the trip, a uh, full Florida trip there for the team. How did it go from your perspective? I would say all in all, it was a really great trip for the most part of the season so far. We haven't been able to be outside a lot. So it was really fun. The first day down in Florida, we were able to actually just go practice on a field um, all together, team defense. So that was really fun. I know the girls are really excited all to go out there. And then I feel like for the games, everybody's just really excited. I mean, we play 10 games in a week, so it's a pretty packed schedule, um, especially with nine first years. It was, I know they had a lot of excitement and some nerves, but I feel like we came out really strong for the most part. And, you know, I think it just taught us there's a lot of things to work on, but I feel like that's the benefit of going to Florida um, before our NESCAC schedule is just to see how we all play together on a field and kind of see what we need to work on before we get into our conference schedule. Speaking of that, the conference schedule begins this weekend, yep. right? Um, yeah. And it's a little bit different than in years past. Uh, it seems like it's it's, it's all double headers mm-hmm. and it's no divisions anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And so what are your thoughts on that in terms of playing everyone in the NESCAC now? Yeah. As a senior, I'm really excited because, yeah, like you said, we've only been able to play like East teams. So we've only been able to play, or in my experience, I've only been able to play Colby, Bowden, uh, Tufts, and Trinity. So I'm excited just to go see what these other teams look like, like what even their fields. I've never been to some of these schools before, so I'm excited just to go travel. Um, And it means we get more travel days together, more like hotel weekends as a team. So I'm excited just to have that more time together and then just go play different teams. Um, Like you said, the doubleheaders are really exciting. I feel like those are kind of more fun than doing a three-game series because anything can kind of happen in two games in softball. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to go play every other team. Some Cer- kind of like what Bates has. Certainly. I was going to mention, uh, you mentioned all the first years this team has. So what's that like being a senior, mm-hmm. you know, having a bunch of first years? And, you know, for you, this is, I mean, kind of your second full season, mm-hmm. though, right? So it's kind of an interesting dynamic, I suppose, right? Yeah. Especially, I think we have like 12 underclassmen in total. Mm-hmm. So like you said, this is only really my second full year. So there's still things like I feel like I'm learning or like experiencing for the first time. Um But, like, I'm the youngest of four siblings, and I'm, like, the youngest cousin on both sides. And so, like, just having nine first years, like, makes me feel like I'm the older sibling. Like, I'm the oldest one there. Um, So it's really fun. I like having having nine first years because they bring a lot of energy. They bring a lot of, like, just excitement to be on campus. And I feel like they kind of put some energy back into me and, like, kind of revitalize me for this kind of last year. Well, speaking of that, I mean, you're hitting over 500 right now after the first 10 games. And so for you personally – 
batting that leadoff spot, what's been working at the plate for you? Yeah, um, Coach McKay, she is our new head coach. She gives me just a lot of confidence, um, like especially as a lefty. There's a lot I can do with a bat. You can like hit away, you can slap, um, you can bunt. And Coach McKay really just gives me the green light and lets me like kind of check out the field, see what I want to do. Um, and basically, my job is just to get on. So then my teammates right behind me can move me over, hit me in. Um, and she just gives me basically a lot of confidence in just doing that. We've had a lot of good slap hitters during um, the few recent years here. Caroline Bass, mm-hmm. Dre Russo before her. Are you a slap hitter purely or do you mix it up? Um, coming into college, so I started club softball pretty late, like about halfway through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming in, I was mostly just like a lefty and I had worked on some bunting before getting here. Um, but just over the years, like you said, watching um, – Watching Caroline Bass play, watching uh, Kendi Ishii, who graduated last year, also play. Um, I feel like in the last, I've just watched them during practice, and I've honestly I've learned how to slap through that. Mm. Um, one summer, I actually played with Caroline Bass. It was like in between my freshman and sophomore year, so I was just able to learn a lot from her within that time. Um, but now as a senior, like I'm able to bunt, slap, hit. Um, I play a lot of summer ball since being in college, and so. It's really given me extra opportunities outside of my time at Bates just to work on that. So do you mix it up a bit or are you just going with the slap? Uh, no, I mix it up a lot. Yeah. There's kind of like a running joke at practice sometimes. People, like when we're scrimmaging each other, they're like, I don't know what you're going to do. I just look at your feet sometimes to see where you're moving. Um, I really like to bunt. It's really fun. Mm. Um, especially as a lefty, you can put it down and be like already a couple steps towards yeah. first. Um, so I kind of like to do that just to like, especially when I know we need to run. Um, I just like to get on base just so somebody behind me can hit me in. So you mentioned you started club softball a little late. Is that what you said? Yeah, about sophomore year of high school, which uh, girl, like I've played with girls or girls on Bates have played since they like were in grade school. So, mm. How did you first get into the sport? Um, I'd always played it growing up. And then it was kind of around sophomore year of high school. You kind of you're looking at schools, wondering if you want to go play in college. And I had played basketball and softball or in volleyball up to that point. Um, and I had played club for both a little bit. And so, but softball is my favorite sport. And I was like, if I really want to go get recruited and go play another four years after I graduate high school, then it's probably about time um, I go play with better competition, have more practices, play in my off season. Um, so yeah, I was basically, I just really wanted to play in college. And then what made Bates the place for you, uh, looking back in your know, senior year of high school? Just playing in the NESCAC for softball is something, um, like going to these tournaments, club tournaments, and um, all these showcases, is just like one of the schools I knew, or the conference at least, that I wanted to really look at. Um, and I would gotten the opportunity to do a couple camps at Bates. And so, I mean, right away, I think my favorite thing about the team, because um, I had done other camps at other NESCACs, was easily the girls that were there. And I did an overnight here. And I was just like, compared to the other groups of girls, which they're all great and everything, but I was like, wow, they all really like take each other in, kind of like family. And just that kind of environment and knowing like those girls have your back no matter what and seeing that they're all kind of really good friends outside of the sport too um, definitely made my choice a lot easier when deciding. And then you started off at Bates as a right fielder. You've moved mm-hmm. to center field. So what's it like playing center field? Obviously a very important position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. I've, I kind of joke with the other outfielders sometimes. I think they have it harder. I feel like left and right are almost harder because you kind of get the bat, the ball coming off the bat in a weird spin. Um but I, I really enjoy center. I feel like um, like my time playing volleyball has really helped me. Like I know how to dive on the ground, so it's kind of fun just to be able to go and practice and just go for everything. Um, it's also a really fun opportunity to go throw people out too. 
Um, but I like, too, just being in center. Uh, I like being able to see everything, especially, like, where our pitchers are throwing. Like, sometimes if the ump's not giving them calls, they'll come up to them at the end of the inning and be like, that was perfect. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, it was right there. Um, so I like just being able to have a lot of eyes going on. And, um, yeah, it's pretty stress-free compared to the infield sometimes because we're kind of just out there playing uh, playing fetch almost. So it's really fun. Excellent. Then, um, you know, you're a position player, but the team has a bunch of pitchers this year, mm-hmm. more so than in the past. What's what's that like playing behind a bunch of different pitchers so far? I think it's really good for this team. Like like you said, in years past, we've only had a, a pretty small staff, but now we have five pitchers, which is really exciting, um, especially when you're going against all these NESCAC teams. Like, it's good to just throw them different looks. Um, and we have one lefty. And I think all of our pitchers do something like all very different, um, which is great. Like Maggie, who's a sophomore, she throws a lot of heat. Like she throws it really hard. And then um, we have two first years, Madison, um, who can just hit her spots like really well and just paint the corners. Um, And then Delaney, she's also a first year and she's probably the pitcher I least like to see in practice. I feel like she strikes me out Uh. probably almost every other at bat. Like she just throws such crazy spin on the ball, and I don't even know if she knows what she's doing. It just comes off her hand, like, and it just wiggles until you can't see it. Um, and then Kat, who's a senior, um, she's put in a lot of work. I'm, I'm super proud of her. She was a walk-on our junior year, and, like, just to see her, like, really work um, on her stuff, like, on the side, like, she's always in the weight room. Um, it's just something I'm really proud of, and all of her pitchers, um, they all put in a lot of work, and just super proud of all of them. And I can't wait to what they can show um, for NESCACs. Yeah, Kat got her first save mm-hmm. and first two wins, mm-hmm. right? That was kind of cool to see, right? Yeah, yeah. she came in. Um, we were playing uh, one of the Wisconsin teams, and it was, I think we were, it was like a two-run game in the seventh or something like that. And she came in. Delaney had pitched a great game up until then. Um, but it was about like the third, fourth time through the lineup. So then Kat came in and... She did fantastic. Like it was such a close game, and it, I think it was the first t- her first appearance out of the whole season. And I know she was nervous, but she looked very co- cool, calm, and collected. And then our right fielder that we were talking about earlier, Grace, um, she made such a nice catch at the end mm. um, to end the game and basically win it for us. And those two are best friends too, so oh. it was nice to see them back each other up on the field. Excellent. Let's talk about the other cat head coach, Kat <laughs> yeah. McKay. Um, obviously, she had a wild career herself as mm-hmm. a player um, coming back late, later on um, to play college softball. Uh, what's she like as a head coach? You know, I know she assisted a little bit last year, but now mm-hmm. running this program. Yeah. Coach McKay is great. One of the things that I feel like I really appreciate about her and the way she kind of runs um, our team now is that she's very, like, she likes to keep us loose. Like, softball's a sport where you fail more times than you succeed. So it's really hard. You can't get in, like, a mental rut. Like, you can't get too down on yourself. Um, and she talks about in our season, like, not riding, basically not riding, like, the waves too high or too low and just trying to stay as constant as possible. Um, and I feel like just having her keep her practices, like, pretty upbeat, really, really loose. Like, there's a lot of music going on. There's a lot of dancing. Um but she really knows when to then turn it up and um, really gets on us about certain mistakes that we shouldn't be making. But overall, the only like I'm just sad because I'm a senior and I won't be able to have her for the next few years. But I'm so happy that she's here. She was also she grew up in the area, yeah. um, so it's really cool. We've been able to do like community service work um, or community engagement work uh, within the community. We've been to like Lost Valley. We did a little trunk tr- trunk or treat. Um, and then we also volunteered 
we like tagged clothes for kids um, for the Pink Feather Foundation in the area. Um, so I'm just really excited for them to the 12 underclassmen um, just to have her for the next few years. And I think she's going to be great for the program. Excellent. What other thoughts you wanted to share about the uh, season opening trip there to Florida we haven't got to talk about yet? Our house that we stayed in was really cool. Um, so all of us, including the coaches and the trainer, all stayed in one basically like townhouse. Um, <laughs> in my room, I was with one of the seniors. I was with Kat and Grace, and um, our room had a little slide because <laughs> it was like pirate room themed. Um, there was a whole arcade that was really fun. There was a big pool. Um, it was just a really cool experience just being able to like cook meals with each other, um, hang out at night. Watch. We watched a lot of softball on the couch together. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a I just really enjoyed the um, aspect of all staying in the same house together. Excellent. Well, Cassie Musco, female Bobcat of the Week, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. The baseball team opens NESCAC play this Friday when they visit Tufts for the start of a three-game series. The Bobcats went 2-2 two and two last week with wins over Dean and the Coast Guard Academy. Bates is 8-4 and four to start the year, the program's best start to a season since 2012. And sophomore Brandon Begain continues to tear the cover off the ball, going 8-for-15 at the plate last week and raising his batting average to a team-high 405. He leads the squad in all three Triple Crown categories with three homers on the year and 16 runs batted in. And Brandon Begain is our male Bobcat of the Week. Well, Brandon, what a start to the year for you at the plate as a sophomore. Um, really a breakout season so far. Tell us a little bit about what you've been working on, what's coming together for you at the dish, because you've got three long balls and hitting over 400 right now. Yeah, it really starts in the offseason, in the weight room first. Um, just getting stronger in general, being able to move better. And then, obviously, mechanically, um, just little tweaks here and there, but everything is pretty much similar to last year. It seems like the lineup in general, everyone's hitting the ball really well. What's that been like, kind of being part of this group that's having so much success offensively? Yeah, it's really tremendous. Everyone's kind of rallying around each other. Uh, no one, no one person's really standing out over everyone else. It's a great lineup to hit in. There's really no way you could pitch around it. And for you guys, obviously, you know, hopefully we'll have our home opener here uh, a week from Wednesday against Thomas College. But so, how excited are you to get back on Leahy Field here this April? Yeah, no, it's really exciting. Uh, Leahy's the home. Leahy's amazing. It's great to play on it in front of the Leahy faithful. Uh, yeah, we're just really excited. Getting looking forward to it. And the team in general off to a really good start, eight and four on the year. Um, you know, obviously last year we have talked to a few guys. You know, last year was a tough season. You guys have really bounced back this year. What's been one of the biggest keys you think in general to having this great start? Yeah, really, it's kind of like a mindset shift. Um, not really any talent different or anything major changes, but like the mindset specifically. Um, yeah, just completely different than last year. The environment, the culture, of the team is just light, light years ahead of last year. And you're one of, I think, five catchers we have on the roster. We have a fair number of catchers. So yeah. what's that group like, the catchers specifically, perhaps? You know, it's really a tight-knit unit. Um, we really consider ourselves a family together, inside of a family. Um, yeah, and there's everyone's helping each other out. Great teammates, love the guys. And you get to work, obviously, closely with the pitchers from that point of view. So how does that work, kind of? What are you working on in terms of, you know, your chemistry with the pitchers to, in terms of calling the game and whatnot? Yeah, that's a big factor, all about developing the relationships with the pitchers. Um it's really kind of outside of the field. It starts off the field, and then you carry it onto the field, developing those friendships that last a lifetime. And then I know you play some left field as well. Um, what's the? I mean, that's a big difference in positions, I guess. How do you kind of adjust? Yeah, it really it kind of comes down to just being a baseball player in general, yeah. being able to uh, change where you are um, no matter the situation. So tell me a little bit about growing up. Uh, what made baseball kind of your you know your favorite sport to play? 
Yeah, I always loved baseball. Uh, pretty much watching it since I was a little kid. Um, just growing up since I was two, playing on to my college years. It's been really exciting. Probably the most fun I've had playing a sport. Did you play other sports or just baseball? Yeah, I played uh, basketball and football as well, and a little bit of like soccer and lacrosse occasionally, but mostly yeah, mostly the big three. So when you were in high school, you're like, I want to play in college. When did you start to kind of think about that? Yeah, it was kind of like going into like eighth grade and that freshman year. Um, I kind of tried to shift away from the other sports, trying to focus on baseball specifically and what I can do to maximize my potential. So how did Bates come on your radar and how did you end up here? Uh, it's really John Martin reaching out to recruit. Um, I've noticed him in a couple of camps that I went to, big factor playing here. and The school in general, it's a great academic school, being able to play the best baseball possible. Certainly, and then, um, you know, what is Coach Martin kind of like in terms of the type of team you guys have? Uh, he's, he's a huge factor. Martin Martin is nothing positive, always uh, helping, helping out any way he can, specifically uh, Summer Bond's school. Um, yeah, he's really just a tremendous coach, really a player's coach. Did you play somewhere this past summer? Yeah, I played in Myrtle Beach. Oh, tell us about the experience of playing in Myrtle Beach. I think I've talked to some guys who have played there previously. Jack Arend, I think, played there, former catcher for yeah. Bates uh, one time. Uh, so tell me about that experience. Yeah, it was a ton of fun, really going down there with a bunch of the guys, playing really every day. It's, it's just only a, it's a month-long season, but it's 26 games in a month, so you're pretty much playing every single day. Uh, the chemistry you build when you're down there is you're seeing someone, you're living with them basically pretty much the whole entire time. Uh, like Close to close, as close as you can, every single minute of every single day you're pretty much with them. So it's, it's really a tremendous experience, and I recommend it for everybody. And so how many Bates guys were down there? We had three. Okay. Uh, we had four, actually. Okay. We had four. Three living together. Gotcha. So um, who were those other guys? Uh, Brennan Kelly, Joe Bianchi, and Micah Sheets. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So some pitchers mixed in there yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And were you, so we were on the same team down there, or you competing against each other? No, we were on the same team, which made it even better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just kind of really building and learning how to win together and building a team together, yeah. Great. And then um, in Wood Bat League, I assume? Yes. Okay, so coming back to aluminum, does that make aluminum easy? Yeah, the ball is, is explodes so much farther off. Yeah. Any, any double in the, with, the, with the wood bat, it's pretty much get off the wall or over the fence uh, with the metal. It's just a, it's a complete, completely different game. Yeah, certainly. How do you see yourself kind of improving? Because it seems like I mean your hitting has taken a huge step forward. Yeah, for me, it's really been pitch selection and the mindset of the plate. Um, not really any big mechanical changes, mm. uh, but really just the aggressive mindset and staying within yourself. At the same time, it's kind of hard to master. I feel like it's really coming together for me this season so far. Great. Well, we have an interesting matchup this weekend, I think, for Bates at Tufts to start the NESCAC schedule. Because Tufts has a really good pitching staff this year, but Bates is really hitting the ball. So what do you think about this matchup with Tufts coming up, a three-game series? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how we do. Um, kind of like a, a measure up where we measure up against everyone else in the league so far. I, I trust our hitters. I think we can hit, hit with anybody in the country. And uh, we've been looking good so far, so I'm looking forward to see what happens. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, it's interesting because you play such a short NESCAC schedule, right? It's just yeah. 12 games. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that in terms of you know every game being huge, right? Yeah, every single game matters. Um, you really can't take a single inning off or even a pitch off for that matter. Uh, it's just it's such a short season. Anything anything can change. It's very volatile. And the team that's hot in the beginning will probably make it to the playoffs, and the team that's not won't. Yeah, it should be interesting schedule coming up. Bobcats off to 8-4 and four start, their best start in uh, more than a decade. And, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. Both tennis teams enter the top 40 national rankings this week. The women ranked 38th in the country and the men checking in at 35th. Only the men were in action on Saturday with the Bobcats earning a 7-2 win over number 30 Skidmore at Merrill Gym. Senior captain Cam davis Kenya continued his strong start to the season when he hit number one doubles and number one singles. Cam Davis, Kenya with us here on the Bobcast, talking some men's tennis. And Cam, this is the first time we've had you on the Bobcast. So take me through growing up, how did you first start getting into the sport of tennis? 
Oh uh, yeah, so I started playing when I was like three. Like my grandparents played a lot, and they were, they belonged to their own club. So my parents decided to put me in pretty young, and been sticking with it ever since. <laughs> and what made Bates the place for you when you're looking at colleges? Um, I basically started just applying to like just looking around, and you know I went to some camps, and I met Coach Gassengay at like a Yale camp back in I think it was 2017. It must have been 2017. Crazy to think about, but. Um, yeah, and then I just started, you know, we just kept in touch, and I really like Coach, and actually the, I think within 10 minutes of leaving here on my visit day, I committed, and so it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I mean, your time at Bates has been interesting to say the least, uh, with the pandemic really breaking up your first two years. You got injured last year. It's all coming together this year, though, right? I mean, how satisfying is it to have it really all come together so far this season? Yeah, I mean, it was the first, it was the first couple of weeks where, you know, was tough but I think that especially coming down like the past couple weeks like we've been playing really well and we've had a lot of confidence and myself especially I feel myself gaining confidence every single time I go out there so no it's been a blast definitely. Playing at the top of the lineup there also number one doubles with Alex Gujarati what's that combination like? Oh it's awesome like he he has a huge serve and makes my life a lot easier you know hopefully I mean hopefully he said the same thing about me but (laughs) if he doesn't it's okay but no he has a big game and we move off each other really well and you know He's a chill guy. I bring a lot of intensity, so I mean, we balance each other out really well. So, is your style is to be pretty intense out there? Oh yeah, I'm very, yeah. I'm very much like locked in, screaming the second we get out there, just trying to bring that energy up as much as possible. Yeah, certainly. And so, obviously, you're part of the senior class that you know has been together and um, were, were together last year for the really the first full season. But uh, what's the senior group like? You know, you and and Teddy and and Leo and um, Nick, the you know the four captains. Yeah, and Liam. Yeah, we're all. And yeah, Liam's also a right. senior. Yep. Yeah, he came in. He was um, a walk on. He's done super well. He's worked super hard. No, but I think just as a group, like we've all been super close. Like we lived together the past couple of years, and you know, like ever since the minute we walked in, we've all been hitting together, hanging out together, doing homework together. Like we're super close in a group of guys, and I think it really helps out with the team culture having five guys to look up to, especially because I mean we've been through the dirt together <laughs> at the end of the day with COVID and you know losing a couple seasons. But yeah, we've been through a lot together. But it's pretty cool that. You know, we're still all really good friends. You guys have had some impressive victories this year, obviously recently beating Skidmore there, 7-2, to two, a team that was ranked 30th in the country. You guys are now in the national rankings at 35th. So, But what are your thoughts on, like, you know, the meat of the NESCAC schedule coming up? Because obviously the NESCAC is, is a whole different beast, it seems like, right? Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, but luckily we had our first, we had, I think, number four Tufts, number five <laughs> Williams, and number seven Middleburg. Like, basically, like, three top teams in the country. Yeah. And... It was nice to uh, get those matches out of the way. I mean, like, obviously at the end of the season, I think, though, if we played them, like, I think that we'd have, you know, I think the result would be a little bit different. But I think looking forward, if we have Hamilton and Amherst this weekend, I think that those are, you know, definitely two matches that would give us a lot of confidence going forward if we could, if when we will, when, when we do beat them. <laughs> well, yeah, on the road, a little bit of a road trip, though, right, out to Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long weekend, but we're excited for it. We're excited for it. Yeah, we've definitely, I mean, we're tested, so we know what – Exactly, so we know what we're doing. Yeah, certainly. And and the men's and women's teams, you both are on the road, is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, we both travel together. I think we play 10 a.m. both days, and they play after us. Gotcha. So yeah. what's it like to have, you know, a large contingent like that on the road? No, it's fun. I mean, like, you know, for some reason, like, we always are somewhat separated, but we mm-hmm. we also, like, sometimes we'll do, like, at least in Florida, we did game nights. We did, like, a, you know, a tennis tournament night, like a video game type of thing, and we'll probably do something similar, play some cards, you know. Just hang out. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of downtime because I think Friday night we get there and then it's like basically go to bed, wake up, 
the next day is basically like the same thing. Like you get to Amherst probably around midnight, and then it's all about getting ready for game day. Yeah, and one thing I noticed about tennis matches, and at least at the collegiate level, and maybe elsewhere, but because there's all the sorts of them going on at once. But I mean, it's a long day, right? It's a long day. So how do you get through it, kind of? I, it's actually that's actually a really good question. I think that like we go in there not knowing how long we're going to be there for. Like we know to expect to be there for like four to five hours. I yeah. mean, sometimes like with the matches can go, we can be there for eight hours. Like I think that Middlebury and Williams, we were both there for. We were there for, like in Merrill for eight hours. You know, we got there early because we wanted to do our pre-match stuff and the women's match went on a little bit longer, but. At least for myself, because I'm playing a lot of the time. Like at least when I come off, it's just like do your stretch and eat, and then hang out with the guys, cheer on your teammates, and that really kind of takes up a lot of time. It goes by pretty fast, actually. Sure. And then for you personally, I mean, having the injury last year, how have you been able to kind of get to this point where you are at now, kind of coming back? Well, it was actually interesting. I think like right when COVID hit, I had like a pretty bad hip injury, oh. and that kind of went into sophomore year. I'm, like I didn't play singles the first match against Trinity when we had the abbreviated COVID right. season. And, you know, it got better la- It got better last year, and then I got sick. So it just didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. But I've definitely put a lot of time in, like, in the trainer's room, doing the rehab, doing all the lifts, and just, you know, getting enough sleep and eating well so that, you know, I stay healthy for the re- next month, month and a half. <laughs> yeah, what's it like playing the top lineup knowing you're going to get the other team's best each time? It's definitely it, – it can be intimidating, <laughs> like, especially, like, having not played last year, like, hmm. coming in that first match against – Tufts, like even though I'd played Rashab earlier in the fall, um, it still is a little bit intimidating. But I think that when you go out there and but you have confidence in yourself and you know that you know if you keep a positive attitude, you can weather any storm. And you know, even though I didn't get the result I wanted to in those match, like I still gained a lot of confidence. I think which has helped me get wins over MIT and Skidmore. Yeah, and you and, Al- and Alex, uh, Alex Alexander Gujarat, they got some wins. I think, or like, was it against Middlebury at the top of the lineup or no, Tufts. Tufts, you got yeah, to win number one yeah, doubles, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, what was that match like? That was almost like unconscious. That's <laughs> the only that's the only way I can explain it. Like I kind of felt the same way this um, past weekend against Skidmore. Mm-hmm. It was like you go out there and it's just like the energy's there and everything's just coming naturally. It's like you're just making sure the energy stays up every single point. And we won that match basically just solely off our energy. We basically just demoralize them with our with our yelling, with our just big serves, like they were, they were just demoralized by the end of the match. Excellent. Then when you move from doubles to singles, what's that transition like in terms of your approach? Because obviously, you know, it's it's a different, it's not a different sport, but it's a very much different event type deal, right? Yeah, the points are a lot longer, yeah. so you really gotta you really gotta go in, especially in Merrill because the points are of course are fast. So it's like the points and doubles go by really fast. Like some matches are forty five minutes, and there's not really. Like, there's not too many, like, there's set plays with the serve and stuff, but when you get into singles, it's more like how, like, once you get in the point, like, how can I get that guy to miss? And some and sometimes you get 30, 40 ball rallies, and you're gassed at the end, but just whatever it takes to win, you got to do. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the season so far and moving forward, kind of your goals that we haven't got to talk about yet, perhaps? Or? No, I think that as a team, I think our goal is, uh, you know, first of all, make the NESCAC tournament and to win it. And I think that right now we're kind of on pace for that. I know that we haven't, we played the best three teams in NESCAC and we got, you know, we had a tough schedule early on, but I think that we're going to keep growing and we're going to keep gaining confidence, especially going into this weekend and the rest of the NESCAC matches. I think we got seven left. It's it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be fun. But I think that we're going to get some good wins out of that. Yeah, big weekend coming up. I know Hamilton last year, that was 5-4, so it should be interesting <laughs> going to their yeah, place. Yeah, it was 5-4. We had some guys who were sick. Okay, uh, right. Yeah. Should have been better. Should have yeah. been more. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think that, you know, they like they're 
very good up top, and they they got some guys who can rally at the back, and their doubles are good. Like every team we play against, it's all about getting the lead in doubles. It makes you, especially this weekend, it was our first time sweeping, like the doubles mm-hmm. all season. So it was nice having that lead going to singles and having that. Like almost like that safety net in a way. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Well, the Bobcats, 35th right now in the country, looking to move up with some NESCAC wins this weekend. Uh, Cam, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. The track and field teams are hosting the first meet of the outdoor season this Saturday at noon when the Bobcats compete on the brand-new Russell Street track in the Bates College quad meet. Assistant coach Allison Leonard is in her first year on the coaching staff, but the Bates grad from the class of 2010 is a Bobcat through and through. Well, happy to have assistant coach Allison Leonard with us here on the Bobcast to talk some track and field with the first outdoor meet this Saturday at noon, the quad meet. And Allison, your first year as an assistant coach, you were a student athlete here, graduated 2010, but tell me a little bit about the experience of being an assistant coach this season. Yeah, I mean, it's just been great being back. Um, Everyone's been so welcoming, and that's been the best part is just getting back on campus, getting back as, you know, part of the team and just having a lot of fun and you know the you know the student athletes have been great and it's been just a joy so far to be back and you have obviously a lot of perspective on the history of Bates um, having been here as a student and your dad having been here as a student and tell me a little <laughs> bit about uh, maybe your Bates family connections so Bates family connections let's start uh, let's go back to 1951 okay um, my grandfather was in the class of 1951. Um, my parents met here, um, in, uh, so they're both class of 1978 and they actually met during Sadie Hawkins used to be a tradition here. So my mom likes to tell the story that she saw this really cute guy running, um, I think during preseason for cross country. And, uh, so she asked my dad out to Sadie Hawkins, uh, fall of 74 and been together ever since. Um, so yeah, my dad ran for Walt and, uh, that was a great experience for him. And, you know, obviously we have a very strong alumni connection, you know, at Bates and that there's like this past fall was the 50th anniversary or running of the alumni race. So I grew up, you know, coming to those with him and getting to know the team that way. Um, Three of my dad's four sisters also ran. Uh, My aunt Kathy was on the inaugural team um, under Coach Court and then my aunt Melissa. So Kathy was 81, Melissa 84 and Anne. Uh, was 87, and my Aunt Anne was a great hurdler and actually ran at the Nationals that Bates hosted back in the 80s, if you can imagine Merrill hosting a Nationals. The first one for indoor. <laughs> yes, I, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously a great tradition there, And but with that, I never thought I was going to come to Bates because it was a little too much. I was like, I need to do, do my own thing. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I started looking at schools and I had gone to a small private high school in Connecticut. So I liked kind of the small field and, you know, knew a lot about the NESCACs and, you know, definitely wanted to run D3 would have been the best option for me there. And so Bates was still going to be in, you know, the schools I looked at and, you know, obviously part of it always looked and felt like college to me because that's, you know, I came here every summer to the alumni race and saw that. Um, but really wanted to branch out on my own, but didn't overnight with the team here. And you can actually credit Catherine Moore, class of 2007, uh, All-American for Bates, one of the few double cross-country and track All-Americans we have. Um, I did my overnight with her and just had such a great time, really could see myself being here and, you know, made friends, you know, automatically on that overnight. And I was like, no, actually, I do want to go to Bates. <laughs> I actually really want to go now. Yeah. Um, so just fortunately worked out and had a great time. 
You mentioned the double cross-country track and field All-American. Um, Jill Richardson had a great year this year, got ninth. We're still hoping maybe she'll get All-American outdoor, getting really yeah. close indoor, but just a dominant performance in cross-country for her the last few years. What was it like, you know, coaching her kind of and seeing what she can do? Yeah, um, Jay Rich is absolutely amazing. Uh, she's a great leader, um, a great runner, obviously, and just a you know phenomenal person. A lot of fun to be around, great sense of humor. And it's just amazing to watch her race. Like, you know, if you look at, you know, nationals, for example, that was a tough race for them. I mean, it was a tough day. Um, and But the whole team had, like, a very difficult start. I, mean, I think you guys may have talked yeah. about they fell on the start line. <laughs> and we couldn't figure out because what's, you know, amazing about, you know, the team, especially this past year, you know, you know, Coach Feldman and I, we, you know, tell them what we want them to do as far as getting them in positioning for a race and they would just execute and they would work together and they were so good at that. So we kind of knew something must have happened because we didn't see them where we expected to at the beginning. Um, but I think it, you know, it's hard to really describe just the amount of energy um, it takes to work yourself back into a race. So, you know, her and the rest of the team, they just incredible what they did. Um, it's She's just a powerhouse. Like, it's that's such a strong um, runner and person to just be able to do that. Uh, and I mean, she went out for, you know, indoor and she, she did the thing like, yeah, she finished right outside of it, but like she put herself where she needed to be that whole race and, you know, really rent for it. And I think it was what, 20 seconds she shaved off her, her own PR this season alone right. in the 3k. And so just chasing down that school record and yeah, I would have loved to seen, you know, the all American obviously, but I mean, at that point it's just, you know gravy because she is that runner like she's up there and will always be and yeah I think she could do it in outdoors and I would love to see that but certainly well you mentioned the tough conditions of cross-country nationals this year in the snow right Mm -hmm. you experienced maybe the toughest conditions though (laughs) of all time when you were a student athlete at Bates NESCAT cross-country 2006 you told me fall of 2006 so my freshman year and I apologize to the team you've heard this story quite a few (laughs) times now I've never heard it (laughs) yeah so Um, it's not been on the podcast (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so NESCAC's uh, 2006, it became known as the NESCAC rash year. Um, and so what it was, I think it was like a hurricane off the coast. So everything, all the sports were being canceled up and down the East Coast. Uh, but cross country, you just run in whatever. So this was down at Harkness State Park in Connecticut. So uh, Con College was hosting. And so 50 per mile per hour plus winds, you know, torrential downpour. There's some great pictures. Uh, you know, my dad you know, does all the photos. So there's some great records uh, there, you know, of just seeing the conditions. But there was also standing water on the course up to your hip. And like at times, like, you know, you joke, you're like, oh, I was swimming. And I was like, no, it really kind of was like that. So it was kind of an epic race to begin with. And um, so there was that. But then the next day, you, you know, we got in. We used to do our long runs on Sunday. So we got back and, like, some people started, you know, milling into Merrill. And you're like, oh, yeah, I got this weird – I don't know what's going on. But, you know, I got this, like, kind of rash or something. You're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and I remember some – like, a number of the guys had it. And I think they had rented costumes because it was Halloween weekend. So we're like, oh, maybe it's from the costumes. But again, this is 2006, so Facebook, they had just started to open up that you could friend other people at other schools. Right. So we start to hear kind of through Facebook and through texts, you know, with friends at other NESCACs that, no, other people have this rash. And I think there was actually a Facebook group called the Survivors of the NESCAC Rash. 
And it took months to try to figure out kind of what was going on. But I think they came down to, um, and this was after the New York Times article on it, I think they came down that it was some, maybe some poison sumac in the water or something. I don't know. After college, I ran um, in a uh, running group in, in Boston, and I met a guy there who was a few years ahead of me who ran at Con. He's like, and I asked him about that. He's like, yeah, I don't think they actually really did identify what it was. So who knows? It's part of the lore now, but yeah. um, you know, that's it, it's kind of one of those badges that you know, in cross country, you always have um, you know some challenges and distance running in general. I remember, I think. Uh, Joni Joan-Benoit-Samuelson referenced that race um, when she was interviewed about the 2018 Boston Marathon because the conditions that year were really bad for Boston. And she's like, well, I've seen one that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, is that what you tell the team all the time is this is nothing? I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, I, 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 they must make fun of me because I'm always like, back in my day, yeah. like <laughs> two miles uphill. <laughs> Well, I mean, in terms of, you know, the experience of being a coach, how does that compare to when you were a student athlete? I mean, it must be, I mean, obviously it's a few years separating the two, but what's that been like in comparison kind of? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's been great um, because just getting to connect back with the team, um, the team aspect was always my favorite part. Like uh, a lot of my best friends are still from, you know, who I ran with here. Um, So getting that kind of connection back into you know, team life and athletics was really special, but it was a bit of a trip being back like here, you know, at Bates itself, because I'd get to the end of practice and you know, there's always this kind of, you know, nice time at the end of practice where people are cooling down, maybe foam rolling and you get chat- chatting with them. But I would have these flashbacks kind of be like, oh, now I'm just kind of waiting for my friends to walk out of the locker room and go to commons. And it was funny just the other week, um, Rich McNeil who was uh, my classmate right. from 2010 and All-American. Um, I was in Merrill, and he did walk out because he works here now, too. And I was like, Rich, I've been saying it's a trip because I keep expecting to see people, but now it's actually nice to <laughs> see you. So, I mean, there was that. Um, and so it definitely took a minute to kind of adjust and be like, okay, now I'm in this new role and this you know new hat and trying to, you know, it's my first time coaching. Um, I uh, worked in accounting previously, so it's a big kind of career change for me, but um, definitely one I, I've always kind of wanted to do and trying to learn as much as I can from Coach Feldman and uh, Coach Johnson and, you know, Coach Art, who was here when I was here. Yeah. Uh, so it's been nice getting to know him that way. And we have a nice little group with Coach Kalina. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm curious, you know, you touched on this earlier. This past fall was the 50th running of the cross-country alumni meet. I mean, there is such a deep connection with all the alumni here at Bates, in particular, I think, of their cross-country and track and field program. How does that manifest itself, you know, through your experience? How have you seen that kind of inaction, perhaps? Yeah, so you mean, like, kind of after, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, so, you know, like I said, I keep in touch with a lot of my teammates. Um, You know, I tried to come back to the alumni races as much as I can. I think, again, I have a little different perspective because I just kind of grew up with, like, oh, that's what you do on Labor Day weekend. You go to the alumni race. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a, you know, a strong alumni group that stays in touch and wants to know how the team's doing and cares. And, you know, that manifests itself, you know, it's kind of almost its own little microcosm, I think, of like what Bates wants, you know, to do and be at its ideal is this, you know, community that continues on and you help out. Um, and so that's definitely there. We've had some, you know, alumni show up and come out and support on at the meets and, uh, definitely, you know, all my friends who were here with me, 
um, now like are kind of reinvigorated and you know like want to come back out a little bit more and so that's been fun we had a good turnout at regionals when it was hosted at Bowdoin this past fall mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, I think it's it's nice that there's this community that just stays in touch and wants to know that everyone's doing well and we have this you know shared connection and uh, you know it's been benefited that you know we had long-term head coaches or in like that just ties everything through the years and you build a really solid program. And then even now that we have, you know, new coaches in, we just, you know, we have people that care about Bates, about the tradition, but more importantly about the athletes and their full experiences. Certainly. I have to ask about your, your dad. You mentioned yeah. this <laughs> takes copious amounts of photos, like yeah. thousands upon thousands, <laughs> I think. Um, uh, when did he start doing that? Yeah, so um, he likes to joke that I yelled at him or something um, when I started running cross country in high school. So my dad was a you know ran here and continued to be a, like a big runner um, throughout uh, you know his life and you know was involved with corporate teams, which I didn't even really know was a thing. <laughs> well, I guess I did because I grew up around it, but like I think it even still exists. But um, so he you know was very excited when I started to run. Um, so yeah, he jokes that it was cause I yelled at him. I don't really remember it that way, but we'll let him have that. Anyways, uh, yelled at him to take photos or no, oh. that he was yelling too much and like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, I see. And so you want him to like, yeah, be quiet. Calm down. yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember it that way, but you know, um, we like to have our stories, don't we? Uh, <laughs> so he started taking photos when I was in high school mm. and, um, and then obviously, you know, I think. He would have done it anywhere I went, but adding that Bates connection, you know, got really excited and, you know, did that. And obviously I know everyone, you know, really appreciated it when he did it. And it's, it is, I've seen him not only do it, but I see the back end side of it and all the editing and because he takes like thousands yeah. of photos at like one single meet and really tries to make sure he gets everyone and tries to get them in the best light. Because I don't know if you know this, if you've had to edit running photos before, but we all don't make the best faces <laughs> and <laughs> you're not always looking, that down shot can be a little rough, but he, um, you know, as a runner too, he just knows like, okay, let's, um, you know, get these shots. And that goes back to the tradition too is... Um, while he was here, and someone who's stayed a very active alumni is uh, Joe Gramowski. Right. Um, and he was the manager of the team under Walt, and he took a lot of photos for the guys. And I think my dad, you know, experienced how much that meant to him to have photos from that time and how much it meant to the team. So um, he's always been very happy to do it, and he has a lot of fun doing it. And the team's always treated him very well, and I appreciate that. Great. Did your grandfather also run at Bates? No. Oh, okay. so my, that was my mom's father. Okay. Uh, okay. He was not a runner. But, gotcha. <laughs> but uh, my uncle, his, uh, his son, ran for St. Uh, Lawrence. Okay. Gotcha. So a lot of runners in the family. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Excellent. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, any other thoughts you wanted to share on your first season as a, you know assistant coach here we haven't got to talk about yet, perhaps? Um, You know, it's, like I said, it's a lot of learning. Uh, it's seeing it from a different perspective. Um, but... I just, I love it, and I really do love, uh, you know, being around this team, and I can't thank them enough for making this a great experience for a first year. And it sounds like rain or shine, we're going to have the meet this Saturday, hopefully, right? I believe so, <laughs> yes. Uh, like um, we were talking about previously, I don't know all the ins and outs yeah. when it comes to wind and what we can maybe right. move indoors, uh, but yeah, we always kind of, you know, go for it in uh, track and cross country or 
So it should be good. And, um, you know, along with just the team being so great and welcoming to be back, they're really strong. And I'm really looking forward to this uh, outdoor season. We had, obviously, you had quite a few of them on the Bobcast, but a lot of records went down yes. this year. And I think you're going to, you know, continue to see that in outdoor. Great. Allison Leonard, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The lacrosse teams fell to Middlebury on Saturday, but both squads get a chance to bounce back this week. If you are listening to the podcast on Tuesday, the men are competing tonight against Maine Maritime on Garcelon Field. Meanwhile, the women host Williams this Saturday, with the men heading to Williamstown. Find the complete schedule and all the recaps at GoBatesBobcats.com, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my